This episode is sponsored by Pet Matrix Premium Canine Supplements. Straight Up Dog Talk is super excited to be partnered with Pet Matrix. After exhausting several other pet supplemental brands, I am now seeing the results that I have always been searching for for Toby and Fitz. Pet Matrix supports all three pillars of canine wellness using their cell matrix delivery. It delivers nutrition directly into the cell. If you're looking for a supplement that pairs with nature and science, look no further and get your dog on Pet Matrix today. Welcome to Straight Up Dog Talk, a new kind of podcast where no topic is off limits. We're bringing in experts and owners to have the conversations we should be having as a dog community. Each week, a new guest will share first-hand experiences, educational resources, or professional guidance to help you learn and grow along with your dog. You won't get one perspective here. You'll get them all, because every dog is different and every owner is too. You can follow along on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Straight Up Dog Talk or by visiting www.straightupdogtalk.com. Tune in from any of your favorite podcast platforms. Hi, I'm Em, and welcome to Straight Up Dog Talk. We're back again this week, as always, with Josh. Hello. And this week's guest is Brittany, and we're going to be talking about rescue dogs and training a service dog. How are you doing today, Brittany? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. We're really excited to have you here. We have some fun topics today, and um, I'm really excited to share this with the community. So why don't we start off with talking a little bit about you and your dogs and your lifestyle? Simply put, chaotic. (laughs) It's just a bunch of fun chaos. Having four different dogs of all different ages, it can get a little crazy, especially with all their different personalities. Um, We'll start with the oldest and we'll go from from the oldest to the youngest. So we have Diamond. She's an American bully. She's 11 years old. Tyson, he's also another bully. I'm not 100% sure what kind of bully breed he is. He's 11 years old. Um, Then we have Ivy. She's four. She's an American bully. And then we have Quinn, who is one and a half, and she's an American bully German Shepherd mix. So you can only imagine the different personalities they are. Yeah. You you guys always are up to something at your house. I mean, seeing your Instagram stories and your reels, you always have some fun things going on with your dogs. I think so for Quinn, because she's the youngest, she goes everywhere. So she's the most adventure. I love taking her on hikes. She loves going on hikes. Um, Ivy, she's we're kind of working through her reactivity. So she's more of like a night owl because we live in the city. So at night, it's a little bit less chaotic for the city life because we're from New York. Um, so we usually go out and when I say night walks, I mean like midnight, one o'clock. My husband's with me and I'm with four dogs. We're perfectly safe, but that's just kind of what works for her. Um, and then Tyson, he still is pretty active, but we kind of just keep it to the distance that his legs can give, like his muscles and his legs. I don't want to overdo it and I don't want him to be out and down for the count for days after his walk. Um, Diamond has some mobility issues. She has arthritis. Um, so we just kind of have a wagon. So when she starts to kind of slow down a little bit, she goes in her wagon. She gets wet, like pulled around like a little princess that she <laughs> Yeah, that's a really neat thing to do because you can include all of the dogs and still make them um, 
have their pack activities versus somebody mm-hmm. getting left at home. That was actually one of my biggest struggles was to give them one-on-one time because I always felt like, I don't know, some kind of guilt. And I feel like it's not spoken about enough when you do those one-on-one activities with them, but it's so needed for your bond with them. So like Quinn, again, she's my everywhere dog. So like if I want to go for a long walk, she's coming with me. If I want to take a drive, she's coming with me. If um, I simply just want to sit outside, like she's coming with me. She does everything. She's my my fun dog, if you want to call it that. <laughs> she's my hyper out, like my hyper energetic dog that needs it. Then I have Ivy, who's reactive, who enjoys her own type of things. Like I said, night walks or like sitting outside at night when people aren't around or just simply like cuddling on the couch. Like she's kind of like the simpler. She loves McDonald's. So like we'll go and get her chicky nuggies <laughs> we'll go for like a chicky nuggie run. Um, Tyson, he loves his, his little walks around the block. He loves car rides. And Diamond is the biggest snuggler. <laughs> like she is like a big body pillow. If you if you let her, she will just lay with you all day. It doesn't move. You physically have to get her to go up to go to the bathroom because she will not move. <laughs> and she loves car rides. So like you kinda gotta kinda figure out there and not feel bad if you're taking one for a car ride and leaving somebody home because you're making that dog's entire experience just more heightened and you're building the bond with you and your dog. Exactly. And you are right. That is something that does not get talked enough about on social media or in, you know, any dog communities that I've really been in um, up until creating this one, that one, that owner guilt um, is something that we all experience and we all feel. But again, this podcast is all about removing guilt and shame from dog ownership and really trying to implement that it's okay to do that one-on-one and make sure that you have that time with your dogs. I mean, I have two dogs and I struggle giving them individual times. And sometimes, you know, individual, individual time at my house looks like me in the backyard sitting in a chair throwing a ball for fits with the chuck it while toby sits on my lap and gets snuggles i mean sometimes it's just as simple as that and and you seem to really know the personalities of your dogs really well and seem to cater to their individual needs i have to say like i'm very lucky with my four because not everybody knows or can tell right off the bat with their dogs mine are very i don't know how to explain it they're their personalities are just so strong that you can tell what they want and what they don't want. And I know that's not common in every dog. And I know that's not like a common thing at all. (laughs) So like, I'm extremely lucky. Like I'm extremely lucky with Quinn and knowing what she wants. Cause let me tell you, she'll let you know (laughs) what she wants. Um, Ivy with having some like reactivity, even when she has her like boundary up, she lets you know, like it's, I don't know. It's crazy. It really is. And I'm very lucky and very fortunate with my four. I I think that it probably doesn't boil down to luck completely. I think it boils down to you understanding your dog's body language, which is something that we've talked about with some trainers already and are going to continue to talk about with some trainers in the future. But you really have seemed to have locked into that and are in tune with your dogs and their needs and able to read their body language. I know from watching your content that you do put that time and effort in with your dogs. And I think that it's incredible to see relationships 
and how each of your individual relationships are with your dogs. Let's talk a little bit about your night walks because it's kind of fun. I love your night walks. I love to watch your stories. Um, you know, you've shared some things privately with me when you're on mm -hmm. your night walks, just to give me some extra behind the scenes stuff. Okay. And I just, I love what you do with these night walks. So, so tell everybody a little bit about the collars that you use and where you go. Okay. So my husband actually found their light up collars on Amazon. We've been using these light up collars for the last, I don't know, like six years. Like that's <laughs> that's how invested we are with these collars. They're USB, so you just plug them in. They light up so you can see them. I Two of my dogs are brindles. I don't know if you know what a brindle is. It's like that dark, like come in different colors, but they're dark brown and tan. You're not seeing them at night. <laughs> like there's no <laughs> way that you can see them at night. And these collars, so bright that you can literally see if they're walking on the sidewalk, you can see two squares ahead of them and two squares behind them. Like it's, it's pretty bright. Um, they each have their own color because I'm color coordinated. Oh, okay. I, I'm color coordinated. So the youngest is purple. Um, that's Quinn. Ivy is green. Diamond is pink and Tyson is white. We give him white because he gets lost in all the bushes every time. <laughs> so we don't do a whole lot of night walking, but that would be great for Artemis, who is black as night, except for her white that is slowly starting on her muzzle and moving oh, yeah. through as she gets older. But that sounds awesome. I can we definitely, definitely let you know where we get them from. Yes. Yeah. Because, um, I think they're blaze in buffalo yeah absolutely make sure that you uh send me the link for that and we'll provide it in the episode details so that the guest listeners Definitely. everybody can tune in and get some for their dogs because yeah i think they're really really cool and they light up so um let's talk about where you go as far as these night walks because like i said i really enjoy them and i think that you go to a really fun place that i would have never thought of so there's a school, a public school, a couple of blocks away from our house. And because it's a public school and they have um, a playground, it's all closed in. So they have to be closed in because kids go out there for a recess, whatever. At night, they leave the gates open. So we take the dogs in there, we close all the gates up, and they all kind of just run havoc. And it's nice because now Ivy gets to have off-leash experiences as well because she can't really have them in the real world if you want to. Oh, that. <laughs> like, the real world. That's, that's, her, that's her little uh, comfort zone. <laughs> it's a nice little safety bubble for her. Yeah, yeah I just, when I first realized that, that you were at this little playground, that's what I thought it was. And then you told me it was a school. I just, mm -hmm. I guess I never really thought about the fact that a, a schoolyard would have to be fenced in. And it's like big metal fencing. And it's, huge. I mean, there's like a, a basketball court area and then like a playground area. So it's almost like having this giant backyard for your dogs, which yeah. you also have a backyard, but there is a reason that you don't use it in the winter. So why don't you yeah. share that with everybody? So we do have a ra rather large yard, but we have an in-ground pool and yeah, <laughs> so we have an in-ground pool and for the safety of the dogs, we have a fence. So like if the yard is let's say like this big it's my yard shape is weird but let's say it's like this like this portion when the pool area is not being used even like when we're home and the pool's open we keep that gate closed because we don't want anybody drowning we don't want any accidents like 
No, thank you. Um, for the most part, my dogs know how to swim, but still, like, I just rather that not happen. And in the wintertime, because it's closed, they get, they, they're not able to run on there because Ivy likes to jump in my closed pool. <laughs> uh, we won't be releasing the video. So we don't know what this is on sound. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> try to estimate how big it is and then give a percentage um, of how much mm -hmm. is available. 10% of my yard. There you go. Perfect. Go. Yeah, it's um it's definitely one of those things that can be dangerous for dogs, especially if they're unsupervised. I know that you don't leave your dogs unsupervised, but some people do leave their dogs unsupervised and they get into trouble in pool situations. But when a pool is empty and a dog is jumping down into it, I mean, that's that's a recipe for danger. I mean, she could break a limb and get stuck in there and you wouldn't know until, you know, you heard her crying or 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 whatever the situation might be but again i know you don't leave your dogs unattended so so actually how that fence came about was because my house is my mother-in-law's house and like it's been passed down so it was like my his grandmother's house so it's like been passed down generation generation um one of her elder dogs he was i believe a beagle he no longer could see and she was literally in the kitchen where there's a window yeah and he he unfortunately drowned and like she was right there and then after that she was like we're putting up a fence like we're never having this ever again um also i don't i don't drain my pool so like they only drain drain a little bit so if ivy not if when ivy did jump on that we're like oh my gosh how are we gonna get her out thank god this dog is like a jumper and she jumped back out of it we're like absolutely not we're never doing this again like you're not allowed here <laughs> like Cold, no, cold and dangerous. And yes, I know we live in the Midwest, so we know that you don't drain the pools all the way because it can crack the pool. It can make the pool come up out of the ground. So yeah, it really truly is a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. It's definitely one of those safety hazards. So let's talk a little bit about the dogs just in general, because I know that you rescued all four of them. So could you just tell us a little bit about each of their rescue stories? Sure. So. Diamond was my dog from before my husband and I. So I adopted her when I was 18. Um, she's a white American bully. I didn't, I don't think I told you that she was white, but this is key, key fact in this story. So she's white. Um, I originally went to, um, Heavenly Angels to go look at puppies. I really like, I had my heart set on a blue nose pit bull. Like they were, they're, they're my favorite. Like they are gorgeous. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> like I love them. Um, there was a litter of like newborn, beautiful, like blue nose pits with the white down there, uh, coming down the, the snout, like little white paws, the whole nine, so cute. And this one worker wouldn't stop talking about this dog named Diamond to the point that I was just like, please just show me her so I could get this woman to shut up because like I'm in love with these puppies and she <laughs> won't stop talking to me about this dog named Diamond. So now she takes me over to the cage. Um, what they use in their cages is newspaper. So like, I don't know if you know when you touch newspaper, like you get that residue on your hands. Okay, so now imagine you have this dog, a white dog sitting on newspaper. Okay, you can only imagine like the shape of this dog look like. So I look at her and I'm like, mm, okay, she's cute. Like I cut her through the cage. I was like, all right, I want to go back to the puppies. And again, wouldn't stop talking about diamonds. So I was like, oh my gosh, take her out of the cage. Like, I'll just say hi to her. Like, it make you stop <laughs> like, oh my god 
So she takes her out. We're in front of the facility. I bent down to pet her and she's telling me like her backstory. She basically was, she was nine months old. She was surrounded by two young girls. They surrendered her due to allergies, but like over time they realized it was from them beating her and they probably didn't realize how much work a puppy was. So they brought her back and was like, oh, allergies. Upon Mm. testing for allergies, she just has environmental allergies, which wouldn't go with the bruising that she had and like the body wounds and things of that nature that she had been dropped off with. Um, as she's telling me the story, I bent down to pet her and she hugged me and I was like, Oh, I'm taking this off. <laughs> and I will never forget my mom's reaction was out of all these dogs, this is the one that you want. Like just just picture like a really bad, like bad in shape kind of dog. Like she was really skinny, malnourished. She had she was just skin and bones, no muscle to her. Um, she was developing arthritis from sitting in a cage for so long. Like she was just really bad. Like her, even her teeth were kind of like filed down, like her front teeth from trying to get out of the cage. It, she was just in, in horrible, horrible condition. And I was like, mom, she hugged me. Like she chose me. <laughs> yep. She I'm sure like, did. I have to bring this dog home. Like I'm not leaving here without her. And sure enough, I, that was it. That was my first, my first dog that I adopted on my own. My first responsibility. (laughs) There is something just ineffable. Like you can't explain it Mm -hmm. to somebody that's never owned a pet and never just met a pet. Like you can't even compare it to people because like people can turn you off. Like, (laughs) you know, um, but my wife, when our current dog Artemis, the first time that she came just for a house visit, like Mm -hmm. it was instantaneous you know and like they took you know it was just a house visit so when they left like my wife was crying at the possibility Mm. that we wouldn't you know (laughs) adopt this dog so yeah i totally get it some i feel (laughs) yeah some bonds are just like that some bonds are just super quick instantaneous Mm -hmm. and you know listen to it Exactly. I mean, that's the same thing that happened with when I got Cajun, you know, I was in my Mm -hmm. 20s and hadn't planned on getting a dog and accidentally stumbled onto PetSmart Charities and there he was and the lady had said that he hadn't reacted or was not interested in anybody, but he was interested in me and that was that was it for me. He chose you. He did. He did. So what about Tyson? Let's hear his story. So Tyson is my husband's from before we got together. Um, I don't remember if it was my mother-in-law's friend or if it was his friend. It was it was somebody of the like either one of theirs friend that had been walking home from work. So it was like late at night, um, walking through East New York and they heard a puppy crying. So they checked like they kind of checked around and was like, all right, where are these like whimpers coming from? Like I, I don't I don't see it. They wound up going into the dumpster and finding a box of two puppies, which would be Tyson and his brother, they had to be the size of like a guinea pig. From me, like just looking back at pictures, they were the size of a guinea pig. So I, we, I'm not sure how old he was, maybe a few weeks old. I'm not sure. Um, they wound up calling my mother-in-law, Darlene, and was like, I just found these puppies. She was like, bring them to me. Like, she's like, I'm, I'm getting up, I'm putting clothes on, bring them to my house. I'll figure out what to do with them. Um, she wound up take, uh, keeping Tyson, obviously, 11 years later. He's <laughs> well-loved. 
Um, and she rehomed his brother to a very good home. Unfortunately, they lost um, connection, but he did go to a very, very good home. That's a sad story with a good ending, too. So we're two for two on that. Let's talk about Ivy. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm actually curveball. I'm going to talk about Quinn because okay. Quinn was the one. Quinn came. Yep. Quinn came for Ivy. <laughs> yep. Okay. Let's talk about Quinn. <laughs> um, Quinn, actually, my husband and I were looking into getting a puppy because our two at the time, I believe they were nine. Yeah. Because it was two years ago. So they were about like nine or 10. And I was like, oh, we need to keep them young. Also, at the time, my mother-in-law was still living in New York. She moved to Florida, which is why we took over her home. Um, so they, Simon and Tyson, were always a part of a pack because she had four dogs. So they were always in a pack. So she was worried when she was leaving. She's like, Tyson's never not been in a pack. Like, he doesn't know what it is just to be with Diamond. So, like, she was a little worried. And she was like, oh, okay. As soon as she heard that we were looking for puppies, she was like, great, awesome. I love this. Um, my dog that I've always wanted since I was little was a Doberman. Like that is like my lifelong goal or like my dream is to have a Doberman. So like I finally got my husband on board and we were looking and I looked um into reputable breeders, did the whole thing. Like it wasn't just like a, oh, okay, I'm looking into rep like breeders today and I'm going to go buy tomorrow. Like this has been like six months in the works of looking and talking and making sure that they're all on lists and like a um AKC listed and this and that like I did all the work um because my mother-in-law went to Florida and we were taking over her house and we were doing renovations that was a pretty price tag we got married that was a pretty price tag and then I kind of had that like realization of do I really want a four thousand dollar dog I mean I do but like right now I don't think that's the best idea. Like as much as I really wanted, I was like, I got to be smart because this is, this is too much. Um, around the same time, my mother-in-law was sending me puppies from uh, New York second chance rescue. One of the puppies in particular looked just like diamond. Like when she was younger and she was like, Oh my gosh, it's diamond's twin. You should put an application and whatever. Her name was Mona. So I'm like, okay, like just why not? why not? What do I have to lose? If I don't get it, I don't get it. Not a big deal. So the way that their website is, it's a drop down. So like you go down, it has the picture next to the name. So I'm going down the drop down. Quinn's original original name was Helen. So H comes before M. So of course I see this little brindle baby and I was like, oh my gosh, something about her. Like my heart was like, I need this dog. And mind you, I've never met her before. And I was like, okay. So I put it in for Helen went through all this stuff. I kind of gave my husband the heads up, like, hey, I'm putting in this op like application and that's that. He didn't really know that I was going to like all the next steps. So like he had no idea that I got approved. <laughs> he had no idea that I was getting this dog. Like, <laughs> um, So yes, I went through all the motions. We got it approved. She was in a foster home in New York City. So I had to drive to New York to go meet her fosters to come to come bring her back. Sent Mario a picture, and I'm not even kidding you. He's like, you need to be home in, like, five seconds. <laughs> like, I need to meet this dog. <laughs> he was also working nights at the time, so he's like, I need to meet her before I go to work. Like, I can't go to work without, like, seeing this dog. <laughs> he's like, we should have got her yesterday. And I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> we could have, but. <laughs> um, so that's that was kind of Quinn's story. 
nothing too crazy. It was just kind of like a, I don't know. I feel like she was also kind of like fate. And then Ivy is a typical get my dog a dog. <laughs> so we brought Quinn to kind of keep the other ones all energized and kind of a lively and, you know, just kind of keep them from sleeping all the time, honestly. But like Quinn's a hyper, like high energy, hyper crazy person. Think if you give children candy, that is crazy. <laughs> like, backflips on the dogs. I'm like, oh gosh, like these poor, like poor Diamond and Tyson. I'm so sorry. Like she's just a straight like maniac. So we're like, all right, let's go. We took a drive to New York Bully Crew. And we're like, all right, let, we'll see what they have. Um, they brought out a few dogs. And the way that they do their pairing, like to make sure that they work together, is you walk them, not like right next to each other, but like a good feet apart and make sure that neither one of them react to each other, that they can walk without trying to sniff each other, that they can walk in a straight line. And that's that. So the first dog was too interested in Quinn and Quinn was like, absolutely not having it. Um, the second dog was a little, was a little, little uncomfortable, a little sketchy and didn't work out either. Then they brought out, um, Ivy, which her original name was Destiny. Um, <laughs> they brought her out. She absolutely hated me. <laughs> like, absolutely hated me. Loved my husband. Also, she hates men in period, like period, hates them. Loved my husband. Hated me. Like, let him like walk her. I, I couldn't walk her. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> so like while we're walking and we're like learning about her and kind of just getting a feel for her, he was the only one that was allowed to hold her leash. Wouldn't let me hold the leash. <laughs> wouldn't let me pet her. Wouldn't let me come near her, which like her handler, which became like one of her best friends because like he took her out all the time, which is how we learned that Chicky Nuggies were her favorite. Mm. <laughs> like he used to take her to get Chicky Nuggies all the time. Um, he was making jokes and he was like, oh, you know what they say when a dog doesn't like somebody, like, we got to get rid of her. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like cracking up. I'm like, listen, if you take some, like you win some, you lose some. I'm like, I got the other three. They all love me. If this is your dog, it's, it's fine. <laughs> like, I'm not upset about it. Um, then we sat there and they kind of laid out all of the things that we'd have to do for her. And they were like, are you sure that you want to do this? And I looked at Mary, I'm like, are you sure that like, this is the dog that you want? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I can't leave her here. And I was like, I can't do the same. Like, I can't leave her here either. So we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll make it work somehow. Like two lunatics with this dog that freaking hates me. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I fed her chicken nuggets every day for the first, like, just loved me. <laughs> I would be really interested to see the statistics on uh, rescue dogs and how many of them had bad experiences with men with beards who wore hats because all three That's of my rescue dogs <laughs> that has been triggers for all three yes. of them. Yes, that, that is Ivy's triggers. <laughs> so I looked up statistics for another one of our uh, recordings and I was actually really surprised by a statistic that we found just because you brought this up that the number one return rate for dogs is lifestyle changes 50 percent of dogs given back 
are by women between the ages of 35 and 44 compared to 17% of men at the same age. And it's usually because of lifestyle changes, a lack of training, and no time to look after the dog or a child being born. Or, boy, wow. yeah, lifestyle changes. Boyfriend <laughs> moved in. Boyfriend's got a beard and a hat. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. My dog's got to go because, you know, you want to keep your beard and your hat. No. Absolutely not. The door's Absolutely that not. way. Shave your beard. Leave the hat. That's right. Exactly. And if my dog still doesn't like you, get out of my life. Yes. Yes. Take everything you know about dog training apps and forget it. The Pack Animals app is for new and experienced dog guardians who recognize that the things we do to improve our dogs' lives can improve our lives too. They've translated the extensive knowledge of trustworthy human and canine professionals into relatable knowledge nuggets, lessons, and exercises and packaged it into the approachable price point of a mobile app. Visit packanimals.com or search for Pack Animals in the App Store today. Because dogs, they do know, but now Ivy loves you very, very much. Oh, yes. I still, all of, all of my dogs are my dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am mom. Like they listen to me. I'm the head person. I don't know if that's a, like a title alpha, whatever you want to call it. That is me. Like they listen to me. Um, not that they don't respect my husband, but it's, it's mainly me. Like if I sit there and I yell stop, they stop. And it's so funny because they act like they get beat. And I assure you, they do not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I assure you, like, there's been instances where I'll be out with Quinn and like, I'll reprimand her because like, she's just acting a fool. And this dog will drop to the floor so dramatically, like I beat her and it's happened in front of like, thankfully, like it's happened in front of our trainer, who's also my friend, and she knows how I am with them. And she's like, this dog acts like you beat the crap out of her. And she's like, she goes to Quinn, she's like, I know she doesn't do anything to you. Can you get up there? Like, why are you acting like this? I didn't get my way. Literally, oh. I'm mad. Mm -hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny. Well, on that point, Mia, who is the dog trainer and owner of Wagmore New York City, is mm -hmm. your trainer. And yeah. she has been on a podcast episode and has talked about, you know, her training and all of those things. But you guys work very closely with Quinn because you have decided that you're going to service Quinn. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how that's going. So right now we're, we had a little bit of a rough patch, which I started doing research on. Apparently when dogs get around like their teenage years, like anywhere from like one and a half to like two and a half, they can get like weird anxieties. I don't know if you know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that. Like anxiety can come out of absolutely nowhere. So we've hit a rough patch a couple of weeks ago where she was getting like anxious outside where she would just sit there and just shiver. Like shiver to the point that like, I don't even know how to explain it. it. Like her whole body would just shake and she would just shut down. And we couldn't, put, we couldn't pinpoint it. So like me and I we were sitting outside. We're like, all right, well, we have to walk. We got to figure out where this is stemming from. We got to work through this. We got to build her confidence back up. So we started doing that. I started taking her on the lawn and playing fetch, throwing treats in the grass just to kind of like build that back up. We took her to like busy areas. 
and we're playing fetch in busy area kind of like high volume areas not like I'm not playing fetch with her in the middle of a boulevard. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. But like, I would take her down like a sidewalk and it would be off like the main strip, but like close enough that you could hear the beeps. You could hear the um, trucks and the people and the this and the that. And like, you can hear it, but like also like far enough that she was safe. Uh, we did that, which kind of helped break her out. And then I took her outside one day and she shut down all over again. I'm like, how do I, what do we do? Then I'm like, oh, maybe it's the cars. Maybe it's the people. I don't I don't know. Then she came and dog sat with me. And she's like, she's doing it again. She's like, I thought it was the cars. She's like, I, but a car didn't even pass. And she's doing this. And then yesterday, I was sending um, videos of me playing with Quinn. And she's perfectly fine outside again. So <laughs> and then that's what kind of got me into my research. Because I'm like, how does this happen? And now she's she's fine. As if nothing happened. She's running out the door again, ready to go for a walk. She's ready to go play ball again. She's ready to do these things. It was very weird. It's interesting how quickly and oddly dog behavior can change. And just Mm -hmm. for short periods of time, sometimes long periods of times, just that one little trigger can set off a whole display of emotions and behavioral issues in a dog. And I think as long as you're willing to take the time like you are and work through them, then you're always going to end up being successful. And sometimes it is just like, you know, the snap of your fingers, you know, a blink of the eye and everything's okay. And maybe she'll regress and you'll have the issue come back and forth again. And and maybe you'll be able to identify whatever that trigger is. But I think as long as you are working actively with her and Mia together, she will be successful. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what you've been doing as far as servicing her and how that goes. Yes. All right. So I'm sorry, just to touch back on with Mia. So we're working with her with those anxieties. So we're kind of doing divide and conquer. So she's kind of helping me with her publicly. And I've been doing task training on my own. Which once we get her publicly, like up to par publicly, she'll kind of go over the tasks that I've been training to make sure that they're perfected and they're they are the way that they're supposed to, like they're supposed to be. Like I'll send my I'll send her videos of me doing it with her, and she'll be like, "Oh my gosh, that's great!" Like, how long did that take her? And I'm like, I don't know. This is the third time, maybe over the last week that we've tried doing this, and she's like, "That's insane." She's like, "Sometimes dogs get it quick, and sometimes they don't." So right now. We got one task under our belt, which is, I can never remember the name of it, but like, it's kind of like restless leg syndrome. Like when you sit there and you're tapping your leg anxiously, I do it a lot. Like my husband will point it out and be like, what are we anxious about? Like, relax. Like we're watching a movie. It's fine. So I kind of taught her to touch my leg anytime that I'm shaking. And I think it was two days ago, I did it without asking her. Like I I was doing it as I normally do, do. And without me bringing anything to her attention, she tapped. And I was like, you did that all by yourself? And then I gave her a chicken nugget because I was eating chicken nuggets. And I was <laughs> like, you deserve one. <laughs> she definitely deserved one. And like my anxiety was so bad that she wound up putting her head on my on my knee, which I didn't teach her to do that. It was just pause. I was like, all right, we're getting there. I know that service training is a process and that there is a lot involved in it. And we're going to share um, 
some information in the episode notes on where to look and kind of who to talk to um, as far as getting your dog serviced. And the rules are different in every single state. Mm -hmm. So you really need to do your research and ask around, ask your local trainers to find out what you need to do to do this properly. Because there is a big difference between an actual task serviced psychiatric dog and an emotional support dog. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times people just think that because they have an emotional support dog, they can take that dog everywhere and it can do everything that, you know, these service dogs can do. And that's just unfortunately not true. And it is causing a bit of a rift and a bit of a problem mm -hmm. for people who have true uh, service dogs. So what's the best advice that you can give somebody as far as knowing that your dog is a good choice for being a service dog and your best opinion on how to find a trainer to help you with that honestly just putting it out there i found mia from going on facebook <laughs> that's literally how i found mia i put it in one of our community things and it was actually for ivy that i found mia and she came in for a consultation and obviously for a consultation you meet all of my crazy dogs <laughs> <laughs> And she pointed out to me, she was like, you know, when is Ivy's emotional support animal? Did you notice that? And I was like, that's a thing. She's like, yeah, it is. She's like, did you notice that Quinn came up to me? And as soon as Quinn came up to me, that's when Ivy decided that I was okay. She's like, the minute that like Quinn gave the okay, she was okay. And like, it all kind of set in when she said that. I was like, wow, you're right. Because Ivy didn't really like walks, but as long as she's paired with Quinn, she was fine. Like she was okay to go for a walk around the block. She was okay to try new um, spaces, but that was because she had Quinn. I'm like, okay. She actually pointed out to me that Quinn is more of like an empath. So she's very like in tune with everybody's emotions. Granted, she's definitely a nut job, but she's really good when it comes to like, if you're sad, if you're feeling anxious, if you're um feeling happy like she kind of just vibes off of you um i didn't i mean i had an idea of maybe getting another service dog down the, the line i had no idea that it was going to be quick until kind of like mia put it on my radar and she's like oh like that would be really good um she learned that diamond had been my service dog previous i retired her just old age and i think that service animals you should be able to trust in them 110 percent and at that point i couldn't trust in her anymore they do unfortunately get to that certain age where it's it's time to retire them and and usually that but de depending on the size of the dog that's usually somewhere between eight and ten years old so mm -hmm. i don't think that you made the wrong choice with diamond there and like you said quinn is very in tune with you and your other dogs um dogs can actually scent emotions so she must mm -hmm. be especially um sensitive to you especially i know that you've told me privately that you have anxiety and mm -hmm. that's probably some of the leg shaking and if she's that in tune with you i think that's a perfect way to start with a service dog now i know that this is a a long-term journey so mm -hmm. Where are you guys at? Are you just in the beginning stages of this? Yeah. How long have you so been training? We just started training a month ago. So like this is 
this is fairly new because we wanted to make sure that Ivy was up to par before I started putting any more into Quinn. Mm -hmm. But it's not that I haven't been working with Quinn because like I wanted to also perfect her basic commands before I started doing anything more. Like I want her to be the best dog that she can be. I also think that this would be the difference of a service animal and an emotional support animal. I want as the handler, I want my dog to be I mean, you're never going to get 100% out in public. You're never going to get that. But I want my dog to be respectable, mat like has manners when she's out. And I want her to be what she's supposed to be, a service animal. She's not supposed to go up to people. She's not supposed to sniff people. She's not supposed to um, act a fool. Like she's supposed to be service equipment. A real service so I, animal, not just a vest that you bought on Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I really commend you for the the ability to see the difference between the two. There are definitely a lot of rules. Um, you know, they have to be able to get in and out of transportation. They have to mm -hmm. be able to ride on all forms of transportation. There's a lot that's involved in the test assessment that she will have to complete. Um, we are starting to run out of time for this episode, but mm -hmm. I would like to say that when Quinn finishes, and has successfully become a service dog, I would like for you to come back and tell us how the journey went and how long it took and just kind of give the listeners a little bit more information on how the whole process works once you've gotten farther through it. Definitely. That would be really, I think that'll be a really fun thing to do. And just, you know, again, another educational resource for our listeners. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we go tonight? I will share this. Because I know that a lot of people feel like imposters when it comes to having service animals for your mental health. If you feel that it's necessary or you feel that it's going to help you, it doesn't matter what other people are going to feel. I suffer pretty badly with my mental health and I kind of keep it. I suffer in silence because nobody wants to hear it. Nobody, it's not a fun conversation for other people to do. And I understand sometimes people also don't know how to receive it and kind of give responses back. So it's no fault to other people. I understand that. But you, at the end of the day, you have to do what's going to be best for you. And you don't have to tell them what your service animal is for. You don't have to go into explanations. You could just say, it's helping me. And that's that. The only explanation that you have to give is what tasks they can provide. And that's it. They, they don't need to know it's for psychiatric. They don't need to know it's because you're, you're, vision is in a hundred percent they don't need to know these things so if it's going to help you you should you should do what's going to help you because honestly i felt like that with diamond and i felt like an imposter and i regret that because i don't have any pictures of her when she was working i don't have any of that stuff and i really wish i did i appreciate that Brittany. uh i was a lifelong introvert until uh four years ago when all of a sudden I had my first panic attack and uh, anxiety, depression uh, was the diagnosis soon after. Uh, then the when the pandemic happened, I actually found out that working from home and working in the house with my dog was wonderful for my mental health. Uh, and I was also the person that was like, I don't need help. I, you know, I don't need any of this. And I, I mm -hmm. it's uh, once you open that door to acceptance of I need this. It's such a different world. 
it's like a like a relief comes off of your shoulders a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I like I said, I've always suffered in silence. I have the same thing. I have and like in, intense anxiety that I can lose consciousness. I have um, depression. I have a little bit of ADHD. So like me trying to like stick to one task is just oh. You should see my text messages. Like I will respond to you in like five hours. I'm like I'm. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much you've been looking at the video, but my ADHD is is going off pretty bad today. So I'm like, I am listening. I'm just all over the I, place right I now. I get it. I get it. I can't make <laughs> eye contact. Eye contact makes me so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's because you're only doing one thing, and that's not how you operate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just swirling my my ring the inside. Yeah. Same. <laughs> I think that it's really something incredible that has happened with this show is that we have had so many people open up about their mental health and how their dogs have helped them with their mental health. And Josh and I both have anxiety and depression. And he, like he said, he also has ADHD. And it's really, I think, helped us bond with our guests. And I truly, truly think that it, just is another way that we can build this community and build this support system because hearing you say that, you know, people don't want to hear it. I personally have also experienced that. And um, I'm here to say, I do want to hear it and I'm here for you and I'm here for all the listeners. And I truly hope that you will continue to reach out and um, stay in touch. And like I said, I absolutely 100% want to have you come back. And it was amazing to have you tonight. So thank Thank you you so much for being here. Yes, thank you so much for being here. And we can't wait to have um, you back again. And we're going to sign off for this episode of Straight Up Dog Talk. Keep your eyes peeled for the next episode drop on the socials. And we will talk to you guys next time. Straight Up Dog Talk was created by Emily Breslin. It is edited, produced, and co-hosted by Josh Wasta, under the supervision of Straight Up Dog Talk, LLC, and Emily Breslin. If you're enjoying this podcast, follow or subscribe to be sure you don't miss an episode and leave us a review on your favorite platform. Looking for more honest and relatable dog content? Check out our sister show, Unpacked, with Jerry Sheriff and Madison Simpson. Thanks for listening to Straight Up Dog Talk. See you next week.